Welcome to the June 7th, 2022 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly and I'll be your host today. We will be reading Proverbs 7, but before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you would open their ears to hear and their heart to receive what you would have for them today. Lord, I pray that you would give them revelation of how much Jesus loves them. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Proverbs 7, verse 1. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live, and my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your nearest kin, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. For at the window of my house I looked through my lattice and saw among the simple. I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding. Passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night, and there a woman met him, with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him. With an impudent face she said to him, I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows. So I came out to meet you, diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. I have spread my bed with tapestry, colored coverings of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home on the appointed day. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately, he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till an arrow struck his liver. As a bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would cost his life. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths, for she has cast down many wounded and all who were slain by her were strong men. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. Okay, folks, I have a treat today. I have Nate Carter with me, and many of you know him as Goliath in the production of David. He did that both in 2018, and he also did it in the most recent production we just had a few weeks ago at Karis. But, Nate, um, thank you for joining me, and what I'd like to do is just, which verse today in Proverbs 7 speaks to you? 
Uh, that's a really hard one. Um, be- there is there is so much in this particular uh, chapter of Proverbs that is so relevant to what happens today in society. Um, I'm real involved with media, and so I kind of see this all the time. Is the way that that um, people are messing with your head by what gets portrayed in public media. Um, so the, the verse I would have to, if I could narrow it down to anything, I'd say it's really the opening and the closing of, of this, where the speaker of Psalms is, he's pleading with you. Basically, he's like, please, please listen to this. Please take it to your heart. Please, I beg you. And, and there's something that has snuck into the body of Christ and the church in general is that we, a lot of times people take the word and they mix it with um, what tends to be popular culture or what, you know, what is portrayed and said to them by friends who are not like, they don't really believe the word. The word is not the final authority in their lives. And in doing that, they, they kind of come in and they ruin the effectiveness of the word. Like they'll, they'll do the big important things like thou shalt not kill and thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not. And they, they kind of limit, they kind of limit their, um, being instructed and being disciplined by the word to those things, because that's, that's easy for most people to live inside of. But the thing that always, and this kind of goes for most Psalms, is, is how the speaker of Psalms is just, he's begging you. He's basically saying, saying this, the word is life, right? And there, there really isn't anything outside of it that is beneficial or profits you. Um, and that, that's, that's generally a thing. A lot of times people take the word and something else. But like the thing that's most beautiful <clears throat> about the Proverbs to me is that it's just kind of like this, it, and it's true, right? Um, the word is all you really need, right? So like some people, some people will take a verse with the word and they'll try to correlate it to some secular book that they wrote. And, and the word is first and the word is final. And that's, that's pretty much it. And so that's, to me, that is, that is like, in Proverbs, this book that's just full and all about wisdom, um, that is to me the most powerful thing is to remember is that these are not, these are not suggestions. <laughs> Basically, the speaker of Proverbs is saying, please, please, please do this. Because if you don't, I mean, you're headed for destruction, in one sense or another, um, and and so it's it's kind of like a lot of people that mix this they they basically live half dead because they're they only have half of the word available or whatever fractional word available to them because they're mixing it with other things or they or it's a suggestion or they take it um, as allegorical or it's a nice story or whatever. But Proverbs wisdom is 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 the end all be all right it is it and 
and that's that's kind of what the word is. So you can you can have all of it, or you can have just as much as you will actually believe in purity. All right. Well, thank you. That is really, really well said. Um, I have a question for you. Um, many people want to hear your story. If you would, let's go back to your childhood and just tell me, like, just run me through your childhood, any brothers, sisters, mom and dad. What What do you fondly remember about your childhood? Uh, so uh, I'm going to go through this really quick. Um, I'm the middle of three brothers. I have an older brother and a younger brother. Um, one of them is actually came to Karis Bible College before me, and he's pretty much like seeing what change in his life is pretty much the um, that's that's the thing that kind of like made me sit up and take notice. So um, I'm from a family of five. My mom and dad. Uh, I've been basically in a born again spirit filled church since I was born, and. Um, we like we I've been involved with ministry and we've served I've served in the church for my entire life essentially like even now um I have many avenues that I work in but my nine to five is as the technical director for Caris Christian Center with Pastor Lawson Purdue um <clears throat> so we've I've always been involved with like working in the church my entire life we grew up in a born again spirit filled church I mean albeit it. It, to, it was not the, um, I'll say, the fullness of the grace message that I have learned since kind of coming to Karis Bible College. But it was, a, it was a very uplifting, positive experience in my life. It kept me from a lot of trouble. So I've, I've basically been a church kid my entire life. Um, my mom and dad have always been um, very supportive of all the things that I, I live and do. But... Um, so I, I went to school for music and theater, and then uh, shortly after I graduated there, um, I did some summer stock and a little bit of professional theater kind of floating around, and then I took a position at the church I grew up in being the theater arts director. And So I did that for a few years, and that kind of developed into also being the primary engineer for all the audiovisual lighting, for all the stuff I was trying to accomplish um, creatively and theatrically. And kind of by the time of my tenure there, I just, I basically replaced my relationship with God with being involved with ministry. Like I was 60 hours a week of, of work was kind of like the baseline or very, very, very common. Like, so I would basically just get up and get to work and, um, and I just work until it was dark and the sun was down and then I would go home and collapse and... So little by little, even though I was very involved in ministry, I was I was edging out actual real relationship with the Word and relationship with God out of my life, um, and that that was I mean that basically just sucked me dry. I was like a walking skeleton, is what I felt like emotionally, spiritually. Um, so I, I made after, and right around that time was when my brother had he'd already been at Caris Bible College for a while, um, and he came back and was just a legitimately different person. And if if you knew my brother, you'd understand why that's important. <laughs> um, but like his change just kind of like kind of excited and bewildered me, and so um, I I resigned from that full time ministry position. Um, because I I was just I just realized that life shouldn't be this miserable if I'm serving God, <laughs> um, 
So I resigned from that, and I didn't really necessarily have specific plans to come to Karis, but uh, I came to my little brother's graduation from third from his third year track, and the Holy Spirit just kind of like grabbed me by in an in a nice way. He just basically grabbed me by the collar, like when I walked into the lobby, and I had a moment with God, and I knew at that moment that I was supposed to come to Bible College here. So I went back home. Um, wrapped up all the side business that I had been building and growing into a firm um, over the last six to eight months. Uh, prepped my house that I owned at the time um, to be rentable and uh, basically threw all my stuff in the back of a U-Haul and got up here a week before class started. And kind of the rest is history. <laughs> wow. It's neat. You know, it's obvious the most important decision you've ever made is receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But I think the second most important decision we ever make is choosing our mate. If you would, just quickly run through that, how you met your wife, and, you know, just just tell me the story. Yeah. Um, so shortly after, uh, pretty much a year after I, I got started Karis Bible College, I was hired by the school to do AVL um, work, for those of you who know, the audio-video lighting. So all the live production that happens in um, the teaching and or for performances or anything that basically happens in the large venues at Karis Bible College. Um, those are all, those all require like some fairly complex systems to accomplish what we do in there. So I, that's kind of what I'd been doing for the last six years before I resigned in Texas. I started working part-time and a few months later I was working full-time. And then um, that's kind of the its history part is... Um, I, like those years just flew by as we were kind of in a massive, um, growth spurt <laughs> at Andrew Romick Ministries Cares Bible College. Um, Katie, uh, who worked in the AVL department with me, Katie, my wife, um, I had never, ever really been in a relationship or dated anyone like her before ever in my life. Um, if you can't tell just from... This interview, I'm a very extroverted person. Like everything I do is outside of me. Um, my wife, Katie, is a very introverted person. Um, and even at the time we were first dating, she was much more introverted than she is now. I've kind of worn off on her a little bit. And probably vice versa, um, her on me. Um, so I we met working in the AVL department, and the thing I, I really appreciated about that is is before we ever started to be like um, romantically um, involved with each other, we we got the opportunity to see each other like work. And if you've never been in live production, it's generally a very high pressure situation. So we kind of we kind of saw each other's um, internal character before we ever even started dating. So it was like most people when, when like they say, when people start dating, like they're on their best behavior and it takes a lot of time for you to see what they're really made of come out. Um, but we basically started our relationship that way because we had, we had been around and seen each other in very, very high stress, high intensity situations. Um, so that was that was a huge benefit, and we've been married for five years. It'll be six years this coming October. Uh, we've got two babies. Um, I have my eldest son, Kieran, and my youngest daughter, Harmony, are um, 
almost four and a little over a year and a half right now. So since like coming to Karis Bible College and kind of getting a mindset and revelation of the word, like the best way I can describe it is it is basically just kind of like fast forwarded my life and all the things I thought I was missing or was going to be without God kind of just fulfilled and put in my life really quick as soon as I got my my brain and my heart connected to the word in the right way. Wow, thank you for sharing. It's, it's always nice hearing a testimony like that. And, you know, it's there's nothing more, um, I think, important in life and knowing that your life mate is on the same page as you. Nate, you know, the Bible is very clear that we are to be the priests of our home. I know your kids are still young, but please, you know, give me a, a roadmap for how you plan on introducing your kids to the real Jesus and how you're going to implement that in your life. Uh, yeah, that's that's a really good... So we are we're essentially a young married couple, even though... We're older, like I just turned 40, so we kind of waited in life to be married. But it, this having kids um, is probably the second biggest change other than being married in terms of like relationship and how and your lifestyle. Um, and the best way I know to answer that is the first, the first Jesus or God that my kids is, are ever going to know is me, right? That so they're going to know who Jesus and what love is and um, <clears throat> how to, how learning how to submit and how to obey, they're going to learn that through me and Katie, right? So, so my concept in terms of like my being the priest of my family is really um, just walk it out or shut up. <laughs> um, is, is that no, no one really cares. No one really cares how, good you talk unless you do it. Um, so that's an adjustment because I've only ever had to been my own priest. And then when I got married, like now you're the priest of your house and it's just the two of you, right? But for the most part, you are more um, mature believers and coming from the same spiritual background. But being the priest for kids and and basically being the first experience with the word that they have in life is, it's a lot, I mean, it's, it's a very sobering thought. Um, and it's also really special and awesome at, you know, like at, at times when you get to just kind of experience them having, for lack of a better, or, yeah, having revelation about, um, about things and like learning um, obedience and learning like the goodness of doing things the right way and like how their life is better for it. Okay. Wow. You know, it's, it's amazing how quickly time goes. I just have one quick question for you. If you just had, you know, I always think about um, what it would be like to um, your life has ceased and you're in the grave. I sit there and think, what would you like your legacy to be? Hmm. Uh, that's, I don't see myself dying anytime soon, <laughs> so it's a lot to think about um, right now. But if I if I had to, um, I would have to say that I would I would want people to say the same thing about me as as 
the Lord says about David in the Bible, that he was a man after God's own heart. Is that like, it's, I, I mean, we don't have the time to go into it, but I'm far from perfect, like throughout just the experiences and things that have happened throughout my life. But, but um, the thing that always just kind of comes back to me is, you know, like if, if something goes wrong or I mess up or, you know, something happens, it's basically like, well, Father God, thank you for forgiving me. And you just, you get back up and you, and you don't let your experience in life counter the fact of the word. In other words, like you don't let your experience in life tell you that you're not, you're not righteous because you have the righteousness of God and Christ. Like you, you don't let things like that change or shift your perception. The word is final. Wow, that is that is so true, and uh, you know we are at an end. And I would like to have you back on again. Um, I know the year is running out for me, and I'll be going to Florida over the summer. But um, you know, I never want to end a podcast without giving someone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And, you know, I will do this. So if you've never taken that step, or if you'd just like to draw closer to God, I ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus, your son, down to earth. And Jesus, thank you that you were willing to die on a cross for me, that even though you were sinless, you chose to take on all the sins of the world for all of mankind past, present, and future. Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Guys, we're going to end with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Nate, thank you for joining me today. Guys, Please join us again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.